back to Faith Field Woman. This is your host, Kristen, and I am super excited today because as promised, we are starting up our series with inviting wonderful Faith Field Women onto the show. They're going to just be women walking in faith in their lives. They may be authors or pastors, speakers, you know, or just women who are continuing to have something to share with the rest of us on their faith journey. How do we be spiritually healthy? How do we really reconnect with ourselves and our faith and our community? I am so excited today. We are having Pastor Stephanie Lape on today. We are going to talk about if we're feeling disconnected from our faith or we're feeling anxiety with where our life is at, where the world's at right now. She's going to share with us some just great practices. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what he has for us? Hi, I'm Kristen. I am an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God to design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God and your family. This is the podcasting community for you. Grab your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen, and let's be encouraged. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome back Stephanie Lake. She is the pastor of Crossing Crown Lutheran Church in Rancho Cucamonga, California. She's also the author of the book Beckoned, and she's a writer and speaks and teaches on matters of spiritual and psychological development, biblical studies, and more. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much, Kristen. Great to be here. Oh, I just, uh, I was so excited that you were going to join me again on the podcast because as we've talked in between the t- almost a year of recording, the world is still just, it's just kind of in disarray, right? There's just a lot going on. There's a lot of heaviness. And so I was so excited you were going to join me again so we could have a conversation around how do we step into our day? How do we step into our lives? How do we use our faith to really feel a little more grounded? You know, what advice or just um, guidance do you have for people? The state of affairs in the world, you know, it, it can be hard to feel, to not feel anxious, to not feel overwhelmed. So what would you share with us as far as how can we just feel a little more grounded in our lives? Yeah, it's the ever present question from the time of Jesus and before, you know, through the time of Martin Luther, you know, our great reformers who started the Protestant Reformation to, to now. I mean, there have always been wars and the Bible talks about it. You know, there, there's wars and rumors of wars. So even if we're not in the middle of one, we hear of them. You know, we hear of, upri- you know, conflict and, and uprisings and, and unrest and sickness. Charles Dickens says in one of his books, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And it always is. Yeah. It always is. So to think that this is something unique on the one hand, is not to know history because there's always something going on. But like you said, there are anxious things going on. And because of social media and the news and the ability we have to hear about what's going on in the world, it can sometimes feel like it's worse than it's ever been. I don't think it really is. But we can hear about what's going on on the other side of the world, almost as if it's happening in our backyard and it creates anxiety. So I think one of the things we can do is just to know that of course, it can cause anxiety when we're inundated with these things and to have compassion on ourselves when we're feeling anxious or when we're feeling angry or when we're feeling sad or grieving. All of those human emotions are natural. They're part of our makeup. Um, and so 
if we see a little child learning how to walk and they fall down and scrape their knee, or we see a kid fall off a bike and they start crying, we wouldn't tell them, how dare you have those feelings? You know, we would have compassion on them. We would hold them and comfort them. And so we can do that to our own selves as well. If we're feeling anxiety, if we're feeling confused or any of those difficult negative emotions, we can have compassion for ourselves. So I think that's the first step, because if we don't have that compassion, those difficult emotions will only grow. If we push something down that's just there, it will remain and get larger until we acknowledge it. So that's one thing we can do. Um, Another thing that has proven very helpful and what all of the great religious masters talk about from Jesus to the Buddha to Muhammad, Confucius, Lao Tzu, all the great masters, they have all advised us to disconnect with our rational mind. And, and we would, we would think at first that that's really bad advice because we use our rational mind and we should, our rational mind has created the vaccinations that are saving lives. And our rational mind has put people into space and it keeps us safe much of the time. And so it's not like we want to be irrational because we have this incredible tool of our rational mind. But if we are, if we're overusing our rational mind, if we are dependent on that mind, if we don't know how to turn it off, that same tool that can be so effective and helpful can be the death of us. If we use a hammer or a chainsaw and we do all these wonderful things with those tools, and yet we don't know how to put it down, that chainsaw throughout our lives could cause havoc if we take it everywhere we go. And it's like that with our rational mind. So our mind is a tool, but if we over-identify with it, then it can cause lots of problems. And so one example of this is, say, if we're reading in the news about Putin walking into Ukraine, which, of course, we would say if we're people of conscience. He shouldn't have done that. That's a terrible thing, causing all this death and and terror. But if we're focused on that 24-7, thinking about that, grieving with that, not being able to put that down, that's an over-identification with the mind, which Mm -hmm. then will give us no peace. So we could hypothetically spend the entire time we've been given as a gift on the planet obsessing about COVID, war, problems, stress, grief, Mm -hmm. and not putting it down. And that's like not putting down the chainsaw. So we have examples from all of the spiritual masters on ways, techniques, spiritual technologies, if you will, ways to put down the rational mind so that we don't over-identify with it. So that If we're feeling anxiety or if we're feeling grief or if we're feeling sadness or struggle or confusion or doubt or any of those difficult emotions, we can tell ourselves, I'm feeling this, but we don't have to say, I am this. Or, you know, saying like, pain is awakened in me right now. I feel the feelings of shock, sadness, fear, anger, grief, but it's not that I am sadness, fear, anger, grief. I am something else. I am a spirit. I am a soul. I am pure presence. I mean, even God said, I am that I am. This is pure presence. I am not my circumstances and I'm also not my emotions. So if we can, as all the spiritual masters told us to do, if we can drive a wedge between who we are and what's going on, even our own emotions and thoughts, 
then we can disidentify with everything we're caught up with and identify with something deeper underneath it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So I think, you know, one of the things you're sort of alluding to is besides trying to disconnect from the all those thoughts, right? Like the feelings, the thoughts, it's to step away from that, you know, to acknowledge it and then, okay, yes. let me be present in my day. Let me, you know, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about like, how do we stay well? Like, how do we actually do what you just said? But I think also it's that many of us are being bombarded. All of us are being bombarded by too many messages all day long. But we can be stewards of our day and of our time and of our minds by trying to limit how much we're pulling in, right, of social media or news or those conversations. So is there anything you'd add to that um, aspect of this? Yes, 100%. We were not given the body and mind 2.0 upgrade or whatever. We are the same makeup spiritually and physically, emotionally, relationally that we were millions of years ago. Mm-hmm. And so bits of information are flying at us at a much faster rate than any time in human history. And yet we don't have the upgrade in order to receive all those bits of information and digest them all. It's too much. And so there are things we can and I think should do. And before I get to some of the things that I think would be helpful, sometimes people say to me as a pastor, I'm feeling very disconnected from faith these days. I don't feel really plugged in or or sometimes I even mean emotionally. I'm not feeling very happy. I'm not feeling very settled. And in the Lutheran theology, and I know that Christian theologies differ in this. So this is not across the board for every Christian. In the Lutheran theology, what we emphasize is that we have salvation through grace alone. It was a gift from the cross. There's nothing we have to do. We don't have to give a certain amount of money to the church. We don't have to be a member of a church. We don't have to go forward at an altar call. We don't even have to say, like, I am accepting Jesus into my life. Because if we do that, that makes us, at least in part, our own Savior, and we're not. Jesus from the cross gives us 100% salvation. So because we emphasize that so much in our Lutheran theology, there's nothing you have to say, do, believe, whatever, you are given this gift, then what we often do as thinking people is we then go to the extreme of, okay, there's nothing I can do because there's nothing I have to do. Then my whole spiritual life is a gift and I'm just going to kind of sit back and passively let it happen to me. And I want to say as a, as a theologian, no, no, no. What we're meaning is, for salvation, for ultimate healing, for worthiness, for good enoughness, for love, there's nothing you have to do. But in terms of happiness, being plugged into your life, feeling good, feeling well, finding your own sense of peace, connected with God, there's a ton of things you could do. And in fact, probably should do, because it's not just going to like come all over you. We get spiritual amnesia all the time. And so yeah, let's look at some of these spiritual techniques and tools that have been given to us over the last few thousand years that are very helpful. So mm-hmm. hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it does. And, you know, uh, and I, I would, I want to hear more about that in a second, but it kind of reminds me of the, if you're feeling, you know, lonely or you're in need of something, when we go and help serve others in that way, yes, we feel better from it. Yes. And not because we're trying to be like, oh, I'll feel better. It's because it's this act of service, yes. but we're taking action. Right. Right. I think that's so important is we can't just sit on the sofa and watch Netflix. 
the entire yeah. day, every day, and then they can yeah. feel good. There has right. to be there has to be connection and action. Yes, yeah. yes, right. So if people say to me, "Well, Pastor, I haven't done X, Y, Z. Am I still loved, good enough, worthy?" Of course, that's the "there's nothing you have to do" part. Yeah, yes, but it's not going to feel good. The action will help you. There are things you can do, and it's kind of like lifting weights at a gym. And if somebody says, you know, I, I'm feeling out of touch with my healthiest self. And I'm like, well, because, you know, there's, <laughs> you're not ever exercising or moving or eating well or whatever. So the same is true for spirituality. There are muscles we can use. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So to get into some of these, and we've heard these a million times, but it's just, mm-hmm. frankly, do we do them? Because if we think about them, the knowledge of them is not going to help us. It's the doing of them. I mean, I can hear all day long that it would be helpful for me to go take a walk or to eat more vegetables or drink more water or sleep eight hours. But if I'm not doing them, it's not going to be effective. Right. So the doing of these things, um, and, and I do these things every day because I can't be not only the best Christian I think I'm called to be, but I certainly cannot be in ministry without them. I see too much. I see people's pain. I go to hospitals and ICUs and I bury people who have died and all the things. And so I do these things myself. Um, I set myself up to disconnect from my rational mind some throughout the day in the beginning of the day. And I flood myself with a knowledge that there's more to me than my rational mind. I flood myself with a knowledge that love is real that God is real, that there are things that we cannot see, but we can feel with our intuition. And so when I do these things that give myself the greater message of spiritual reality, then I can go into the world armored with this knowledge. Um, I would be a basket case if all I was doing was hearing about Ukraine or COVID. I can't. Mm -hmm. We're only human. Of course, we would be a mess if we were like flooding ourselves with this, either from the news or social media, where all the comparisons come up, where everybody's lives look perfect. You know, we're only human and we cannot think that we can give ourselves all that and function well. Also for me, I cannot live in a messy house and function well. I've become more, as I grow older, more of a minimalist because I want my space to be a sanctuary and I don't need stuff as much as I need peace. And so, so that's, those are some things I do. I also, for me, and this is just a, for me, I'm a vegetarian. I'm almost vegan because I feel like I don't want to be ingesting pain and fear from animals who are about to be killed. So I did not get into that lifestyle for that. I got into that for some health reasons, which helped, but I felt a load lift off of me when I cut back from eating animal products. So I live in a way to try to increase however I can my sense of peace, my sense of calm and, and not having all this stuff come at me because I can't, I can't deal. I'm too much of an empath. Many of us are, and I don't want to be picking up other people's stuff if I need more fortification for my own soul. So, so for me, and these are some, some of the things that I encourage, but I encourage everybody to do these things, listening to their own soul, because what works for me might not work for you, vice versa. It's all very personal. Um, so that's why I say even things like the vegetarianism, I'm not like an evangelist with that. I'm like, hey, if that's a thing for you, you know, everybody has to decide. But for me, I pray every day. I meditate every day. Meditate's just, that's what I do the first thing in the morning. I meditate. I just quiet my mind and I listen to the sound of the fan going in my bathroom. I There's like a light that has a fan on it. Mm-hmm. 
And so I close my eyes and just listen to it for 20 minutes. I have no thoughts happening for the most part because when I wake up, I just, I'm too tired to have thoughts. And if thoughts come into my mind, I actively push them away and say, I'll deal with them later because I want my beginning part of the day not to be thinking about things and identifying with my rational mind. I want the beginning part to just be open and listening. After about 20 minutes, I read a section of the Bible. Generally, it's one psalm, but I read it through many times and try to find one phrase that stands out to me for that day. Sometimes I do journaling. I like to do morning pages, um, which is three pages of just longhand journaling about whatever, just kind of getting issues out. I use emotional freedom technique, which is tapping, known as tapping, the EFT, um, where you tap on meridian you know, points to as you're thinking about a a topic that might be stressful or bothering you. And if people hearing this don't know anything about that, they can Google that or YouTube that. Um, it's a really, really helpful technique. Um, I generally walk every day for about an hour while I listen to some kind of a positive podcast or YouTube channel or music or something that can put me in a good state. And I'm walking in nature. So I'm taking in the beauty of that. So all of this mm-hmm. takes several hours. And some people might say, I do not have several hours to give myself for that. And I would say, then don't give yourself 20 minutes. You know, don't look at the several hours you can't do. Look at the 20 minutes you can do. Um, Part of the reason I do this for several hours and and consider it necessary is because um, some of it does move into my work. Because I think a lot about the sermons I'm going to be preaching while I'm walking. Um, I'm learning information about things I might be teaching. So it directly relates to my work. But I could see how some people might say, you know, I'm not in any kind of line of work that has anything to do with this. So you do you. You know, this is just one narrative or one example of what I, I would do. But let's say that there's a day where, you know, I'm just super rushed and super busy and I can't devote that time. Then I wouldn't. Maybe I would only have 30 minutes in my car ride to work. But in my car ride, I make that count. So for the 30 minutes, I'm not going to listen to the news. I'm going to listen to something very positive, flooding, flooding my spirit and soul with something that's not something negative so that we can then dilute, you know, all the other stuff that we're hearing about. So this way of life is critically important to me. I literally can't imagine living without it. And then I do things throughout the day, pray, go back to God. I might do more of the tapping more journaling, really whatever it takes. And I right. found that it, it has transformed my life in ways I can't, I can't even quantify. Mm. Yeah, I think it's so true. And I think if, when we're stuck, right, it could be in a season, it could be our whole lives up till now. Yeah. But if you're not finding ways, like you said, it's really to calm your mind, yes. to um, be in communion with God, you know, if, if that's, you know, your, um, you know, obviously we're both aligned with as Christian Christians, but whatever it is, but it's to, it's to kind of reset, to regroup, to calm ourselves. Yes. Right. And like you said, yes. let go of the worry of the day or the week or the month or the year, let go of it for now, at least. And so we can step back into our day as our, you know, showing up the way we truly know we were meant to show up. Yes. You know, and um, yeah, for me, I stopped watching television news years ago, you know, I might jump on to a couple independent media sites during the day just to read the headlines. I might read an article, you know, and some days I have to take a break from that, you know, and say, you know what, I've gotten too absorbed just even in the headlines. So maybe I need to take a break. Social media is the same way. You know, I do go on there for some business things and then I will, you know, I'll see what's going on with people, but I I try to limit that, you know, 
And so all of these things is I think sometimes we we're reactive to our lives instead of proactively designing our day so that we can have these either moments, minutes, or hours yeah. so that we can be our healthiest selves, right? Mind, body, and spirit. Yes, the great mythologist Joseph Campbell, who was the consultant for George Lucas as George Lucas was designing his Star Wars movies way back in the 70s. Joseph Campbell said, the world is full of people not listening to themselves. And and so he helped George Lucas design this great modern day mythology where Darth Vader represents the intellectual mind that can disconnect from the spirit or soul. And Luke Skywalker represented the pure spirit and soul who Darth Vader was constantly saying to Luke, you know, come on over to the dark side. And Luke resisted. No, I'm not going to go over there. And so Joseph Campbell spoke about how that's like parts of us, where our rational mind wants to run off, run the show, but there's a bigger part of us. It's our spirit, our soul, our body, and we can resist running off that way and and instead listen to ourselves. So when you listen to yourself, Um, And when you find the things that your spirit tells you are good for yourself, whether it's gardening, whether it's baking, whether it's walking like I do, whether it's playing with your pet, um, you can hear if you listen to your spirit, if that's good for you or not. And so my spirit tells me sometimes when I'm on social media, this is good for me. It's a platform for me to add some positivity to people's lives, some love, some affirmation. Other times my spirit tells me, this isn't good for you right now. You need to back off either because I'm reading too much negativity or because I'm feeling anxious about something online or because I want to get into that, you know, that polarized fighting you could do so easily on on social media. Something about it can feel like this isn't good for you. Back off. And, And I can choose to listen to myself, my spirit, which I believe is in touch with God. I can choose to listen to that guidance and follow it. Or say, no, no, I'm going to keep going down this road that's not good for me and suffer the consequences because God's not going to insist or my spirit's not going to insist that I follow it. It's just going to give me the wisdom and I can follow it or not. Absolutely. And I think the more we listen to that, right, our voice, the more we, the one, the more we're quiet, we can hear it. But the more we listen to it, right, or choose to listen to it, the more it gets easier, right, to make these choices when we realize am I in a situation or reading something that's making me really overly upset or it's not ruining my day, but right. It's kind of putting me in this frame mind mindset. That's not great. Do I want to keep doing that? And so I think that's a really good point is we get to keep showing up and choosing these things. Right. But if we would, if we would listen more to ourselves, you know, our deepest whispers, you know, we, we would probably make better choices in our day. Yes. Yes. And when we tune in by slowing down our mind, sometimes slowing down our body when we tune into that voice we we recognize it more easily as we go about our days and weeks and months and years we we go oh yeah that's that voice i know that voice and and i trust that voice and jesus says in in scripture you know i'm the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice and when you're when you're kind of you know maybe new with this you don't feel like you know that voice or you've been ignoring that voice for so long, telling that voice to be quiet or it's not helpful or it's not going to help you with the bottom line of whatever you want to do with your life. But the more you lean into that voice, the more you, you know, it can hear it and really trust it. 
and, and go, oh yeah, okay, so my purpose in life is not for me to analyze and figure out my life. My purpose is not for me to create goals or plans or be more productive or whatever, because my intelligence is relatively small compared to the intelligence of the universe. So, so instead of me saying, okay, Stephanie, what do I want to set for my goals or my new year's resolutions or my whatever to instead say, okay, I'm going to quiet down my mind, my body, and I'm going to tune in, ask to hear the voice, listen to the voice, pay attention to the voice and hear a bigger wisdom than just my own little Stephanie wisdom after 52 years on the planet. I, I, I get to hear the God of the universe who hung the stars. Like, which do I want to hear? This is the power of the 12 step groups that we see like Alcoholics Anonymous and other 12 step groups. That one of the first things that the folks do there is basically say, I'm powerless because if I could have figured this out, I would have done it a long time ago. And so instead I'm going to tap into a higher power as I understand a higher power. And none of us are going to completely understand this higher power. That's beyond our comprehension. But but we do understand part of this higher power and we have the revealed love if we would, but listen. And then we go, wow, God isn't just the God of like rule setting. God is a God of actual guidance in my day to day life. God is a God of love. God is a God who's there for me that I can actually trust. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> but a whole I, world. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I, of course, we, most of us, I hope, have heard God is a God of love and that sort of thing. I Although I know you're, <laughs> no, I know, I know, you're, I know your past story and I know what <laughs> you speak on often is that, you know, some religions or facets, right, of yeah, religion yeah. can be toxic. But what yeah. I loved about what you said is God is a God of guidance. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. that is so good. I mean, maybe I've heard that before, but I just, it hit me today, you know, in such a profound way. I, I love that. I think that's, oh, if we could all just think of that a little bit more, you know, as we go into our day. Yes. Our, our yes. yes. Because I mean, imagine going to, like, let's say I said, I am going to, um, I don't know, sleep on Sunday morning. I'm going to get a really good night's sleep or a really good morning sleep on Sunday morning. And, and I'm going to feel so refreshed, but then I'm not going to sleep Monday through Saturday. I'd be like, you know, you can sleep more than that. Or if I'm only going to eat on Sunday morning, <laughs> this God is not just available to give us peace and joy and alignment when we go to church on Sunday morning, because you are input, not you, the proverbial you, anybody, Yeah, we are impoverishing ourselves. If we only take advantage of that guidance, that love, that truth, that wisdom, that joy once a week, it's not enough. Why would we do that to ourselves? I mean, I'm glad that we have once a week. Don't get me wrong. We're communal. We lift each other up. We encourage each other. But but why would we do that when we have that kind of connection to our own spirit and the spirit of the universe 24-7? Yeah. Mm, absolutely what a, what a choice right like give it to me now and always and all the time please mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess I'm selfish that way like I just want more yeah I love that and I think it is I, we just need to set priorities and I think a lot of people you know my friend groups you know just going through different things in our lives and some of them very stressful hard things right it could be yeah. diseases diagnosis and lots of things right yeah. um, struggling yes. with maybe a teen but 
they often don't realize that they're choosing how their day goes about, right? Like overbooked or whatever it is. And, but it's like, gosh, if you, and they're, most of them are very faith oriented people, but they get stuck in the busy. And, you know, I do, I just want to say, Hey, you know, there is another way, right? We really can continue to have this connection throughout the day. We can make, even if it's only moments. Yes. Yes. And part of that, and I get the busy. I really Mm -hmm. do. I'm the mom of two kids and I have a husband and dogs and a mortgage and all the things housework. (laughs) I get the busy. Um, Some of what I believe we must do is say no. No, I cannot help at my child's classroom. No, I cannot drive carpool. Whatever. I mean, I'm just giving a couple examples. Absolutely. No, I'm not going to be on what's it called? HOA board or whatever. Like, no, I'm not going to do these things. Because to say no means you get to say yes to other things. And, And it's so cliche when we say put ourselves first. But if we don't do it, if we don't put ourselves first, if we don't love ourselves actively, I don't mean love ourselves just by saying nice things, which most of us don't do that much of the time. Mm -hmm. But I don't just mean the affection, but I mean, like, when you have a child, you love the child by feeding them. You love the child by taking them to school. You love the child by doing stuff. And yet we often don't do stuff for ourselves because we think, well, that's selfish and I'm here for everybody else. And we get martyr syndrome and then we run ourselves into the ground. Yeah. And so when, when people, you know, might, might say to me, and I don't really care about judgment from people. I hear God's my God, nobody else. But, but if somebody says to me, you know, you're, you're putting too much time into your own prayer, meditation, well-being, you know, self-care, I'm not going to live any other way at this point because mm-hmm. I'm not my best self. I cannot be there for other people in a, in yeah. a, Powerful, strong way. If I didn't take care of myself first, I just can't. So 100%. why would? Uh, and then, and then the other thing that happens often is if we don't take care of ourselves, then we love everybody else, and then we expect others to care for us. We wanted to have this reciprocal relationship. Like I'm going to do so much for you, my spouse or my kids or my parents or whatever, and then you're going to do all that for me, right? And then they don't respond in the way we need, and then we get resentful. Whereas if we had just taken the time to fill up our own selves in the way we need, you know, the concept of like the five love languages, like figure out what is your love language or what do you really need? Or is it compliments? Is it time? Is it gifts? Is it whatever it is? Acts of service, figure it out, do it for yourself. Then Mm -hmm. you're filled up. Then you have the ability to relate in good relationships that are healthy without resentment. Absolutely. One book I've I've read in the last many months is, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by a pastor in, I think he's in near Seattle, but, or Portland, I'm sorry. But it's that whole idea that we can keep reassessing how our schedule looks, how our priorities look, and if they match with what we want our priorities to be. Yeah. And then we can make changes, right? We can right. keep doing that. It is an iteration. We, we have that freedom yeah. to say, this isn't working for me anymore, right? Like you said, I want less things in my house. I think a lot of us, as we get older, you know, I'm sort of going through that too. I'm busy enough where I haven't had the time to purge even more. We've been in this house a super, super long time and busy with teenagers and kids, but that is on my list, right? I'm like, I need less stuff because we've spent 20 plus years acquiring stuff. And even though we get rid of stuff, it's never enough. Like I know I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just haven't made the priority of hours. You know, like I need, and I need help. Like I need my husband to be available so we can go through the attics. Right. I can't yeah, do that. Right, right. 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 But it's all, like you said, making a choice and then slowly taking 
um, putting something into place. And so for you, you didn't just in one day say, I'm going to spend two and a half hours a day on, you know, these um, being healthy and connection with to God. It took you time at some point to add in more of those and yes. to fit it into your schedule. Exactly. Exactly. I remember Oprah Winfrey one time said, we, especially with women who feel like we need to be everything and do everything. Yeah. She said, oh, we can, we can be and do everything. Just not all at once. Right. And yeah. uh, amen, sister, to that. Right? I mean, yeah, there, there are lots of things I want to do right this very red hot minute. But, you know, my goal yeah. really, the more I grow is to realize, okay, my only purpose is to be aligned with God. That's it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then God will tell me, okay, Stephanie, this is what you need to do today. Yep. This one thing. And if this one thing is clean out a drawer or if this one thing, like, I have two, two things today. One is to do a podcast with you. And then the other is to take my daughter to her driver's license test. (laughs) That's it. I'm not going to fill up my day with 50 things and then I'll get other things done. I'll make sure. And, you know, but, um, we often overschedule and I mean, children were, I remember when my children were young, it was a, it was a goal of mine to not overschedule my kids. Mm -hmm. And and I don't, everybody's got a parent as they think is best. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not judge and jury on everybody's parenting. I don't have that ability or that right. But I yeah. knew for me, I was not going to have my little kids running all over the place. No free time, no time to read, no time to play in the backyard. Um, no time to, you know, make mud pies. Remember we made those? Yeah, I did. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So why wouldn't I then give myself that same courtesy and not right. overschedule? myself. I'm not capable of being what everybody needs me to be. You know, I I always say there's one savior of the world and it's not me. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) All right. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. All right. You guys, as we wrap up today's episode, I just want to let you know that we are having part two of Stephanie Lape's interview on the show next week. It is so good. She goes into the understanding of the words faith, hope, and love from a biblical perspective. And it's so applicable. I mean, seriously, she talks about that actually um, some of the, the Greek words actually is trust God, that we're supposed to trust him. It's so good. I hope you will tune in and listen to that episode. I think you're going to get so much out of it because I learned so much and it was su- it was really inspiring to me. So um, tune in next week, check out or look, look for that episode to drop next week. I cannot wait to share it with you. Until next time, have a beautiful day. Thanks again for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, if one of the shows has really spoken to you, we would love it if you can take a minute right now to go into Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. This is how other people can discover our show. It will reach more people. So we would love it if you could take a minute to do that. And if you haven't signed up yet for my email list, it'll let us stay connected and let me tell you what we have going on and opportunities to connect with each other in this community. So go over to kristenfitch.com and you can join me there. 